right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Aram Mukumuf. This is the Off the Record Show. Welcome. Today I have alongside me Jonathan Graff. Uh, he's a venture partner at Celtic House Ventures. Uh, he started multiple companies before switching to the other side of the table, being in venture capital. Jonathan, welcome to our show. Good Great morning. to have you here. Good morning. Great to be here. Nice to see you. Good to see you too. Um, first question I want to ask is to kind of you know kick it off is what 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 are you most excited about in your life right now? Wow, uh, that's uh, that's a very broad question. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, I did. Perhaps we'll perhaps we'll try to keep it to the to the work environment. You know, I, it, it's it's uh, I've been I've been I've been venture investing or, or sort of formally with with uh, with a VC for a few years, and um, I must say, uh, you know, the the pace of innovation, the number of investment opportunities, uh, the quality of of entrepreneurs. Uh, especially here in Canada and and and, and in Toronto, uh, is remarkable. Um, you know, that's so the uh, uh, the excitement is just uh, the the incredible amount of great investment opportunities I'm seeing. So I'm excited about that for for myself and 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 for my LPs. Uh, but I'm also really excited for 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 all these entrepreneurs and the next generation of entrepreneurs and what they could potentially do, how fast they can grow, how easy it is to start companies. Um, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're seeing, um, you know, we're seeing entrepreneurs who can raise money so many different ways. So this is not necessarily a plug for the VC industry per se, or exactly how we invest, but there's an incredible amount of, of, of ways to raise capital today that didn't exist a number of years ago. And I think they, I think they complement and, and coexist with with the VC world I don't I don't I don't think it's about uh, replacement or or dramatic shifts yet but it's nice to see that uh, that there's lots of options for these entrepreneurs so in my you know my VC work just the the amount of deals and the amount of, of uh, impressive entrepreneurs is exciting and then you know I work with other entrepreneurs in in, in different ways as well it's not always about um, Celtic house putting capital into their into their business that sort of begins or ends my conversations or or work with them. I do a lot of mentorship work, I do advisory work, uh, I do some different kinds of, of, of financing work through, uh, you know, through other vehicles like capital pool companies on the on the venture exchange. So I, there's there's a lot to be excited about. Lot nice, excited nice. About. And, uh, you know, I've been speaking to a few other investors and entrepreneurs over the last couple of months. And I feel like the abundance of capital is that is is quite high. Like there's a lot of different sources. People are it's easy to get money these days. Would you say that's true? Uh, I, I think everybody's probably got a different story there. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 there's there's no doubt that the amount of capital available to companies and the options to raise capital are greater than ever. Uh, you know, like like the the venture cap community, the private equity community are flush with capital. Uh, there's there's tremendous in interest in investing in growth uh, due to due to the the environment that we're in by uh, LPs who traditionally uh, weren't pouring such large allocations into this space. So there's lots of money through through the through the traditional sources. Uh, so so that holds true. That makes it easier. 
more comp, you know, more dollars competing for your, for your, for, for your company is, is, is a great thing. Uh, then there's, you know, there's new regulations in both Canada and the U.S. Uh, the U.S. Uh, you know are, are probably more impactful due to the size and and nature. But, you know, Regulation CF, Regulation A in the United States has created opportunities for crowdfunding, new crowdfunding platforms. Uh, one of which I do some 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 work with uh, here in Canada. Uh, it's just you know incredible uh, what they're what they're able to do and the options that they give these these entrepreneurs. Uh, and growth companies, uh, the and you know the ability they give them to raise significant some significant amounts of money. So I think that so so I think on on some levels, yeah, it 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 has become easier because there's more competition and there's more and there's more options. Uh, the the, the uh, you know the flip side is you know I'll talk to tons and tons of early stage entrepreneurs. Uh, through various, um, you know, accelerators or or, or advisory mentor uh, roles and things that I do here in in, uh, in Toronto, and you know the ability to raise early stage pre seed and seed capital is really hard. It's really hard, you know. So so uh, part of that hasn't really changed. Uh, dramatically in comparison to you know some of the capital available for for later rounds so it's you know on some level it's easier I, I, we're going to have a long lineup of of entrepreneurs trying to get their businesses off the ground in many different areas who are going to say man this is this is really hard yeah um it's it's never easy for an entrepreneur i think in the early stages regardless so i wanted to ask you about your going back in your past, cause like you actually have, uh, an entrepreneur, uh, history, you know, you've, you've, you've built, um, some companies before, before becoming a VC. So let's go to that. Let's go to that past history for, you know, uh, for a few minutes. I wanted to ask about, uh, I think one of your companies that you worked on, um, it wasn't that successful. If I recall, you mentioned before, it was like, uh, it was a company that, didn't end up making it and i think you had to shut it down or it went to the ground um can you tell me can you tell us about that business uh what was it what was the model where did it go wrong first of all thanks for the morning pep talk and that's great (laughs) first first hair and makeup doesn't show up and now this this is uh this is tough around uh yeah you know i i uh I, I, I generally presented as you know we didn't exit that company uh, in the manner that uh, in the manner that we thought uh, was possible. Um, and I think I think in there was 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 a question of what what went wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it I think like 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 many um, like many early stage companies that don't make it, it's really hard to put your finger on that that kind of one thing that went wrong. You know, like like it was. Um, it was a company that was around for, for it, in the instance that we're talking about here, it's a company that was around for five years. Uh, you know, it, um, it actually had a successful product in marketplace, depending what you call successful. you know, it was an early stage product that found product market fit. Uh, you know, it, it, it got up to, um, you know, 50, 60,000 in, uh, in MRR, it, it, like, like there were, there were, there were very positive things. Uh, that were going on at the company. I think you know if we probably dialed it forward, we all were pretty surprised about what the result was. Um, 
and and you know the 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 uh, uh, the, the final act that kind of you know sealed its sealed its fate was was a a, a very long acquisition process. Um, uh, you know, in 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 a in a strapped company or a company that became strapped, uh, and 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 probably doubled down a little bit too hard on on this deal, the merits and the deal, and what it could become, and that ultimately that transaction failed. Uh, that transaction failed not due to anything on our end, but but because of the acquirer and what happened on 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 the acquirer side. So now the 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 um, in in reflection, the mistakes. I mean, you know, we could we could start at day one where the mistakes started happening. Uh, we fixed a lot of them. We made new ones, and and it was really, you know, it's hard to it's hard to pick one thing. There were there were a series of things that could have been done that could have been done better. The 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 uh, the silver lining, you know, perhaps more for me than than and, and some other people in the company than than uh, than you know. Uh, our investors and, and and my own capital, my partner's capital, and you know we all we all uh, were at a stage then when we could invest alongside, and you know we, it wasn't just other people's money. Uh, you know, it it uh, the reality is it 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 made me a way better investor, uh, mm-hmm. and it made it made me considerably more valuable uh, than just my successes uh, as as a venture investor, as an early stage mentor, uh, you know value to to uh, you know other entrepreneurs uh, the the successes were way more fun and the um, and you know the failure was way more educational I prefer to get yeah educated other ways but, so, but you know, or at least that's what I tell myself when I wake up in the morning so I so I you know I feel okay. that's, that's really interesting so um if I'm if I'm understanding correctly, let me just uh, repeat it back to you. I think the biggest um, the biggest roadblock came through an acquisition that kind of fell apart. And so, what would you say is the biggest lesson there? Because I actually went through a very similar fate. Uh, you know, I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, but with Crowdlinker at the at the beginning of uh, 2020, I spent three months in in acquisition talks, uh, doing due diligence and all that with a a publicly traded company in Toronto uh, called FaceDrive um, that, um, you know, after a lot of back and forth, the deal ended up not going through. And I spent all my attention, all my focus, energy-wise, commitment-wise, to making this deal go through because I'm like, hey, this is interesting. I'll have a good exit, yada, yada, yada. And then, like, the pandemic hit, and then everything went sideways um, and uh, nearly bankrupted us, you know, to be honest, at the end of the day. So in, in, you know, reflecting on that, what would you say were the biggest lessons learned that made you a better entrepreneur or investor having gone through that? It, it's, it's a great example you just gave because we did the exact same thing. You know, like we, 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 we devoted ourselves to the deal at a critical time in the company to selling. And yeah, we just clearly didn't do enough of our homework on the acquirer. You know, we didn't understand some of their own structure and dynamics and and um, uh, you know we were uh, we we were we were tight with the CEO we were mm-hmm. in their offices we I mean, like like there was a we were we were with we were with their board we were with the chair of their board like 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 we thought we were aligned 
and we thought we were doing the right thing, but we just we just didn't dig deep enough, and we didn't understand how their their company would restructure um, due to changes in 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 shareholders and the rights they had, and and the path they wanted to take the company versus the path that the chairman and the CEO wanted to take the company. Uh, so we got you know we got we got blindsided by that, um, and. Uh, you know, in, in, in hindsight, it's easy to sort of say, hey, we should have saw it. Um, mm -hmm. But, at, you know, at the end of the day, we didn't. So there was some, you know, there was some level of investigation and understanding that we didn't have. Mm -hmm. uh, and and we we committed to it. And that was the, you know, that was that was the other that was the other mistake. And, you know, frankly, interesting that we found ourselves there. You know, just thinking about prior experience and knowledge. And, you know, we had uh, we had we had. And is as far as M and A work as as a as a team, you know, we went through a prior company where uh, I mean we must have completed ten deals, including the sale of our own company, uh, mm -hmm. successful sale of our own company. Uh, you know, so so we'd been through this before, and and um, and uh, and 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 we missed it, and we missed it. But you know, like there's there's also other there's also other problem. Uh, you know, there were so many there were so many things that we could have done differently in hindsight and that man, you know, and that we learned, but the reality is, uh, we didn't have the proper backup if the deal didn't go through. And, and, and so we should have always been, been prepared for that. You know, mm -hmm. a, a deal is, a deal is never a deal until that thing is signed, sealed and delivered. It's just not a deal. And, and that's, uh, you know, that's, that's something I talked to earlier stage entrepreneurs about all the time, whether it's about, uh, a strategic investor that's going to come in, whether, uh, you know, it's got to do with their financing round, whether it has to do with, you know, um, uh, what they're banking on in their pipeline. Uh, they're, you know, it's amazing what can go wrong in general in business and in early stage companies. It's mind boggling what can go wrong. Yeah, I, uh, I I had a lot of lessons learned there myself, and I realized that the same the same uh, learning or takeaways that nothing is set in stone until you know the ink has dried, and you ideally have the money coming your way <laughs> for yeah. whatever you know that transaction looks like. Um, but yeah, I keep telling that to other entrepreneurs, and everybody's just so hyped up about you know everything. But I'm like, see this through, see what happens, see what other um what other parties are going to start throwing at you maybe at the last minute right there's always these last minute type of things that can totally snowball the whole acquisition for sure for sure you know i i i, I found there just you know somewhat relevant to what i do today and uh, both investing and thinking about how i i kind of work with with some other entrepreneurs with respect to matching their 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 capital strategy to their business strategy you know, I think I think that uh, I, I think that the investors and the type of investors and the group of investors on your cap table also need to fit, you know, the stage and and, and needs of your business. Uh, yeah, you never know where where you will need more support, uh, and and um, and you know the the expectations of the type of investors and and the time and stage of your business and you know some of the ups and downs and bumps in the road uh in in, in addition to where you think you might need capital for in the future that stuff really needs to line up and and, and when that's misaligned uh, uh you could you could run into a lot of problems as an early stage company it's hard to fix that sometimes it's hard to fix the cap table 
Yeah, exactly. You're kind of stuck to it once once it's set. <laughs> once yeah. it's set. Um, so tell me after after this um, after this business after this acquisition that fell through. What did you do after? Did you start a new company? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That was my aha moment um, that, uh, you know, that perhaps my, 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 my founder days, my founder days were over. So, uh, you know, this, this probably went, this probably went backward for me compared to, to a lot of other uh, more, more entrepreneurial stories. Uh, you know, I was, I was fortunate to um, move out to California and, you know, late nineties, early two thousands and join you know, join uh, join a rock, early on a rocket ship of a company out there, um, and then we brought and then you know I moved home to to Toronto and was fortunate to to build another company here. Uh, you know, with friends, um, we were you know we were able to take it public. We were able to sell it to Disney. We were able to scale it, uh, and and you know so we had a lot of the we had a lot of the success first. We also had some, you know, post that we, we, we had some, uh, you know, we had some very successful, um, uh, in, in investments and, and, and buyouts of other companies un, unrelated to, to that business. So, uh, you know, things were, things were good. Maybe we, maybe we thought we could do anything. Uh, and <laughs> you know, so, so, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's important. I think about this a lot as an investor, uh, it's important to understand and and kind of reflect and 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 be really kind of honest with yourself. Hey, you know what? When was I lucky? When was I smart? When you know? And 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 I, I think both is I think both is really required for for any uh, successful uh, venture or investment. And, you know, both both will be present. And and uh, and it's good to it's good to be able to isolate the two and 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 you know make sure you don't. Uh, Make sure you don't just rely on the luck through the next the next venture because you think you can figure everything out as you go along. So yeah, we, but, we were a little backwards. So to answer your question, no, I didn't go. You know, I didn't do another company after we did all our companies before, and 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 then I realized maybe I was I was better suited for for the investment advisory world. So I'm I'm curious though with with that. Um with one of those businesses that you were talking about that uh, I think you sold to Disney, you said it scaled really well. Can you tell us what was that business and why do you think it was was able to scale so well? Because I think at the end of the day, it does come, yeah, a bit of luck, but then I think you do this enough times, you see the secret sauce or you see the the formula for um, for creating a successful, scalable business. Um. Yeah, you know, within the context of formula, so 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 in the uh, the company I was talking about, um, the one in Toronto was was a company called Caboose. So you know, Caboose was, um, you know, Caboose Caboose started out kind of digital media uh, uh, technology focused on you know on, on on kids and family and 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 kind of slightly pivoted itself into a into a a network of. Of, of digital media properties and 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 commerce platforms for the new and expectant mom market, and 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 we gained a lot of strength there. So you know we we had assets. Uh, there were some there were some trends that were really positive. You know in the in in the early to mid two thousands uh, that 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 we were riding that really benefited us. Uh, you know from 
uh, you know, the growth of uh, the growth of Google and and just you know new uh, new and, and at the time very cost effective traffic and eyeballs mm -hmm. uh, and and you know we uh, so we benefited from that we you know we were able to uh, you know we were able to build a strong team uh, with around us with considerably more experience than us. Uh, the founders in, in 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 various areas of the business, or the you know the leadership the, the the early leadership team, if you will, in various various areas of the business. So that really helped us, and and I think we had a narrative. And this is this this becomes really important for a lot of the companies I talk to. You know, we 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 had a narrative and a capital advantage. Um, you know, people talk about it in, in, in terms of Amazon today, right? I mean, Amazon, you know, I'm not comparing us to Amazon, certainly not, but it just, you know, Amazon's, Amazon's got the ability to raise capital and spend on, on, on things due to a low cost of capital that other companies can't, you know, in our, in our, in our, you know, in our small way back then, we had that ability, uh, you know, we could, we could raise capital and we, we actually took the, uh, we took the company public at a pretty early stage through an RTO on the venture exchange and made a pretty quick leap to uh, the uh, to the TSX to the main to the main board and and you know that that really helped us so we were you know so we were able to organically grow our business uh, but based on our narrative and vision for the future uh, I think we were able to uh, you know we were able to leverage that and leverage our capital strategy. Uh, to find you know great acquisitions that that fit really well into our narrative and vision for the future, uh, and and you know we just we kind of kept kept building on that, and we we also weren't afraid to uh, you know pivot quickly and kind of refocus the business uh, based on what we were we were learning in the market. So so we learned quickly. Mm -hmm. I, I don't you know I don't think we were necessarily doing great products sprints back then trying to figure out you know product market fit with new ideas but I, I but 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 we learned quickly based on on what we saw or, or early on we were pretty data focused in terms of understanding our business and 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 we did build a team that was at the time early on too big for where the business was and that benefited us that benefited us so so I, you know I'm, I'm just picking a few things that I think are still relevant to to today yeah, uh, you know, in 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 a much more competitive marketplace, in in almost oh. every, in almost every category, for sure, for sure. And um, I want to ask you some follow up questions to that. Uh, there's a few, but I want to start off on like the hiring of uh, that team, that leadership team. Um, nowadays, I think even back then, more than ever, it's so important to have a great team or a great management leadership team in place. So how did you make your first hire on that leadership team? And was it a successful one? Um, you know, I, I, we're going back a few years. I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I, I'm not sure about the first, but at the time early on, I remember the most important, okay. like, you know, we, we were able to bring in a, you know, we were able to bring in a, a, a sales leader did uh, we were we were based in Toronto headquartered in Toronto all of our business was coming from the United States so you know we set up offices in New York and and we were able to hire a 
you know, a, a, a sales leader for the company that brought, you know, came out of traditional media, uh, but at the time, you know, had, had not just relationships with, with, um, and I'm going to say agencies and large, large advertisers in the U S because early on we were solely dependent upon, uh, upon ad dollars and, and some development work. You know, we would do, we would do creative things for our customers, but in order to you know compete against uh, you know, Disney and Viacom and other, other, other companies in our space. Uh, but you know, really the, the process and the ability to teach other people in the organization, something that we couldn't was an incredibly important hire for us. And, and, and that changed the, the, that changed the trajectory of our, of our organic growth. Uh, to the point where you know we could leverage it and we could think about monetizing other properties and 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 other acquisitions you know so that that hire brought brought expertise and a discipline to the table that 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 we just didn't have and you know, that that began to hold true for other other uh you know other other hires in the business and and granted we made a lot of mistakes with with trying to hire a senior leadership team early on in a company and I, I, I can't say we, I don't know what the, I don't know what our track record was of, of, of getting it right. Uh, <laughs> but, but we, you know, we, we worked hard at getting it right. So I, I, I think the, as you said, the most important hire that you had was a sales leader. And I think it's still relevant today. Like I, I struggle a lot finding great sales leaders. Uh, in the market to this day, uh, I've hired a few, it didn't work out and, um, wanted to get your thoughts on like where or what you should look for in that sales leader, maybe to, uh, provide relevancy to the audience. Who's going to be listening They're founders, um, probably doing the sales themselves right now, or hopefully they are, <laughs> um, but they need to, in order for them to, to grow, they need to bring on a great sales leader. And so like, what should they be looking for in that person? Oh, good, you know, good, good question. I haven't, I haven't actually thought about that a lot in a long time. So, you know, but it, part of it is, you know, part of it is, 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 you know, goes without saying fit and culture with the team it is specifically with respect to sales. It, it, it's, it's hard to answer that too broadly like you know what what stage of company are we talking about right because if you're you know if you're bringing in a if if you're too you know if you're pretty early stage that sales leader that sales leader's got to sell you know so mm -hmm. the so the sales leader and the sales manager and the person who are going to build up you know sort of um you know certain uh certain operational muscle in your uh in your in your in your company the great, you know, a great sales lead early on might be just someone who's incredibly good at at selling and and can demonstrate how to sell your product, right? I don't, I I I I care less about, you know, if it's if it's very if it's very vertical specific, if it's very vertical specific, uh, it, it you know someone's probably got you know I I'd, I'd probably look for someone who's got an understanding of your market. Uh, yeah, but I also, you know, I, I also prefer skills and leadership over Rolodex, hmm. Dep you know, 
we target we you know from from a Celtic House perspective and the companies I'm investing in, uh, and you know just, just completed my fourth my my fourth deal with them. Uh, you know, a lot of the targets are SMBs, so uh, you know that is so different. Uh, you know, in terms of of uh, the company process and you know the sales system than somebody going after even mid market or you know obviously enterprise goes goes without saying. So, you know, like, like you might not hire, you're, you're not going to hire the same type of sales leader into a company doing SMB SaaS versus a company that wants to go after enterprise sales. Like, like, like those are very, you know, they're just, they're very different processes. So, you know, I think, I think someone who's, you know, been a rock star selling enterprise SaaS somewhere, you know, bring them down market into, you know, into the SMB SaaS world, I, I you know, I'd say, I'd, I'd say the person is not going to be a great fit. So, right. you know, what and how, what and how do they sell? Um, and then, you know, if, if, if you're, if you're larger, more advanced, and you're in the growth stage, you know, then you're, then you're caring more about the person's leadership um, abilities and, and uh, you know, operational muscle. And management muscle than you are, uh, you know, their 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 pure sales skills. But most of all, my companies, anybody in leadership, rolling up the sleeves and selling. So, if you can't if you can't sell and lead by example, in my company, you know, my area of focus, that'll be a deal breaker. Interesting. No, I I wholeheartedly agree with that. That I think the founding team should be able to sell and do so well to get to a certain point, and then. Yeah. Uh, once you're at that certain point, then, you know, having a better process or like some, you know, methodology in mind that somebody can come in and take it over, I think is the right play. But it's just like for me specifically, just on this topic, like um, I've been trying to I do all the sales myself still to date. I don't have anybody else on the sales team. And the challenge I have is that finding people who understand how to sell in this market is actually quite challenging because like I would need to go and find somebody who comes from an agency background or can understand, you know, uh, technical consulting um, and can be empathetic <laughs> and, you know, obviously do a good job of trying to sell a story. Um, and I've been I've been had some job openings open for like already a few weeks, a month now, if not longer, and like not seeing a lot of great candidates come through, and uh, it's it's a bit frustrating because I you know so I feel like I'll be doing sales forever myself. <laughs> well, I, look, I, it, uh, I hope not. Maybe you enjoy it and you're really good at it. You have a bit of a sigh there, so it's you know it's probably not ideal in in, in your painted picture of the future. Yeah, but you know, we see this all the time, right? Like, like you know, uh, founder-led businesses or founder sales-led businesses have a, a a tremendously hard time handing that over to somebody. And you know, why is it? Um, why is it that we see that so often? Why do? Why can a CEO sometimes only sell a certain company's? services right like, like you know why why do your why do cus what why do customers only want to hear from the ceo in your business i'm not i'm not saying that's the case mm -hmm. but, but quite you know but but i have worked with some companies 
um, you know, mid-market, more complex sales or mid to high market. I tend to stay out of I tend to stay out of the enterprise world. Uh, but you know, I, I I see the same thing. I like like you know they they bring in people and they try people who look like they've just you know got 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 great resumes and but for some reason the only person that has incredible success selling is the CEO. And and why I, I you know I don't know the why is the same for for each company, mm-hmm. but it is you know it it is something to examine it is something to question because I think I think it's not just oh we're having trouble finding the right person or or somebody else keeps coming in and failing the first part of it is why can, you know is it that the CEO can only sell, right. and then and then why is it. I'm not saying you need to, I'm not giving you advice. You got to go figure that out after this call. But, but I, but I have seen that with some companies that I mentor and, and, and they have a track record, they have client lists and, and just still the only, the only real great sales leads in the companies have been the CEO. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Um, Maybe to be figured they, out, I guess. Or just, or, or selling and hire everybody else to do everything else. <laughs> to do everything else. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm realizing. Is my... that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's scalability though, right? So. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, scalability challenge. Uh, Jonathan, I wanted to ask you about that experience you went through doing yeah. that reverse takeover uh, for that company you, were, you, you mentioned. Sure. Um, can you tell us why you did it? Like, so, what was the plan there? Yeah, for sure. So I've done. So I've, I've I've now been on both sides of the of, of the RTO process, and you know, so I've I've uh, I've we've taken our company public through a a uh, uh, capital pool company on on the venture exchange, and I had I'm now the CEO of a capital pool company on the venture exchange that we are rolling another another company into that's doing a reverse takeover of us. So, and I've seen it, seen this from both sides and I, 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 I quite like it for certain companies and it, it worked really well for us at the time. So number one, the market conditions were, were, were really positive. Uh, and, and not that, um, I think we did it in, I think we did the RTO in 2005 and I, I, I won't say we traded amongst a lot of peers, in in technology companies like you know smaller small cap technology companies in the Canadian markets at the time there's way more now it, but but we we were an attractive alternative to you know resources and other type Canadian speculative investments at the time so i think we i i i think timing good we benefited from that we did the process uh because uh, uh you know uh, the, um, main founder of the company, uh, and and, uh, and and his family had a fair amount of public company experience. We knew what we were getting ourselves into. We knew how to manage it. Uh, another important hire we had brought on a CFO who had uh, you know capital markets, a fair amount of capital markets experience and knowledge. So we had the people around the table who could manage it, and we knew what we were getting into. We were top heavy, like I mentioned before. Which was I'm saying that from a positive perspective that you know we could manage a public market strategy and still manage the business. We didn't get too distracted by it. And then at the time, you know, the the investment environment from the venture community back then was not as pleasant as it was today. And granted, you know, you'll still get, you know, you'll you'll still see sort of, you know, even even a kind of plain vanilla VC investment looks like, you know, some 
some type of pref. Uh, but uh, you know, they are certainly less onerous today because it's a much more competitive environment today. Back then, you know, the term sheets from from VCs and other investors didn't look great. And you know, when 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 you've got a lot of your own capital in the business, you know, so you've put you've put sweat in, but you've also written checks in. Sometimes you don't like what those, you know, what those, what those, what those term sheets look like, right? And those terms look like, and 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 you know, some of the you know some of the control and decisions that you give up, uh, certainly at the time. Again, I think the environment is a little bit different today, but those. So those were all, you know, those were all, uh, you know, those those were all our, our drivers back then, and we thought, you know, we thought we could we could manage it well, fit our strategy, and it fit the people in the company. Uh, you know, I think today. Uh, I think today, even though there's so much, you know, VC and private equity dollars out there, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing companies use just such an incredibly wide variety of financing tools, you know, like, like there's, there's been tons of, of, of capital pool company, uh, reverse takeovers into other shells. And then, you know, in the Canadian exchanges, foreign companies are using them more, uh, you know, foreign issuers, um, more than they ever have. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, we talked about the crowdfunding earlier. Massive, you know, massive growth in, uh, you know, in the ability for 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 companies to, you know, raise directly from uh, retail investors and not just incredit- accredited investors. Uh, and there's 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 platforms that facilitate that. Uh, and, you know, there's the SPAC market. Um, might have lost a little bit of its luster of late, but uh, you know, there's and then there's crypto. You know, there's there there's there's there, there's a whole you know there's a whole new generation and type of companies yeah. that are you know that are that are raising solely uh, you know through through um, token launches and, and and offerings and and they're all working on some level. That's it depends, pretty, right? Pretty some. <laughs> Some not saying, work, not some saying the returns. Not yeah. saying the returns are all going to be there for all of them, but but you know, if the measure is getting capital in the door, uh, there's a lot of capital coming in the door through yeah. a lot of these through a lot of these methods. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, no. Anyway, for sure. I, 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 I digress a bit, probably from this. You know, why we do an RTO? But no, no, it's great. Yeah. Um, as a, when you really started focusing more towards the VC side. Um, I wanted to ask you a question that I like asking all the investors that I get to speak with is when you look at a founder, what are like those characteristics you really look for before you make an investment decision? And like specifically, how do you spot that balance between confidence and arrogance in a way (laughs) uh, when considering investment into them? Yeah, so... I'll, t- I'll touch on that. I'll touch on that second one for sure. What we're looking for, I, I, I think somehow, I, I do believe that the number one, like, there's got to be integrity, trust, all the, you know, those, those, some of those table stakes need to be there, right? Like, I, you know, I just, do I want to work with the person? I don't necessarily have to, you know, want to go for beers or like, you know, like, like the person too much. Like, like, you know, we don't need to be best friends, uh, but there's, you know, there's, there's gotta be respect. And I got to see just some of those basic trust elements 
um, that I believe to be there. And, and, you know, I think you get a feel for talking to people and some of that stuff has to come through, uh, you know, referrals and talking to other people and, you know, kind of figuring out as much about them as you possibly can. Uh, the number one, uh, you know, the number one trait of, of successful entrepreneurs, you know, that, that, that seems to be out there is, is grit and perseverance. Um, and, and, you know, we, we need to have that as investors, you know, in, in our commitments to the companies and, and, uh, but, but we've got to see it through, you know, we've got to see that somehow they have to demonstrate that somehow, um, mm -hmm. as, as leaders. So, you know, what have they gone through? How have they pivoted? You know, how scrappy have they been? How committed are they? You know, like, like we have to see. We have to see some of those things. So when we see people who have, you know, not that it's always got to be the case. You're not, you're not, you're not punished for being able to raise money early. But you know, just sometimes people's, um, you know, people's uh, uh, performance and what they've been able to achieve with, with, you know, by bootstrapping or or minimal capital can be really impressive. And so you know, like, 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 well, there's some there's some signs of that. Sometimes we get to track, see a company early and track them over time, and it's you know. Uh, it was a no, not now at the beginning. And then, wow, look, at you guys have actually done what you said you were going to do, right? Like you, wow. you, you got over some pretty big obstacles. The confident versus arrogant one is, is really hard. And, and, you know, I, 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 I do not want to invest in a, in a, you know, a founder or a CEO who doesn't bring a fair amount of confidence to the table. I mean, you need it. Like you're not you're not going to have grit and perseverance with without confidence. You're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to get through there. You're not going to be able to lead other people. You're not going to be able to tell your narrative and your story and you know convince people in the market. Uh, um, and, you know, so so it's important. I, I, I arrogance is just I'm not sure if it's a uh, if it's a fine line or not. If that's the way to look at it, you know, it, it, you know, does does confidence become arrogance if 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 we're not too careful or do you just do you just start out as arrogance or arrogant, or do you present arrogance um, knowingly or, or unknowingly? I don't know. Uh, it's something. It's something you can. It's something you certainly sense. There's no doubt. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, just just talking to you know, you're comparing people. Right? Uh, you know, maybe we can talk about pattern matching too. But you know, in in, in business models and investment theses, but you are you're you're pattern matching people in this business and you're seeing a lot of them. And when, you know, uh, I, there's a lot of really successful, arrogant people, entrepreneurs, and, you know, they might just have incredible drive. Um, is that who I want to work with? I don't know that that's who I want to work with. And I think ultimately that, that catches up with you at some point. Um, there's lots of difficult situations between an investor and a founder that are not rooted in, in one party being arrogant or, or, you know, uh, naturally difficult. There's lots of, there's lots of challenging stuff. So, you know, if we, if personally, if I sense, if I sense the arrogance, I'm out cause I just, you know, I, and, and, and I think part of the test on that is desire to learn, um, you know, open-minded, uh, and and how how you present yourself? Yeah. Now, arrogance definitely is uh, not a pleasant trait. Um, to that question about, or to my question, I want to ask next uh, around pattern matching. So, 
you've now seen a lot in terms of your, you know, in, or in terms of the founders you've come across, your investment thesis. Um, what were what are some of the patterns you've noticed along the way that quite surprised you that you maybe didn't think about before, you know, earlier on? Hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I've got a good answer for you in terms of, of where I've been surprised by, by a particular pattern. Um, I think I'm surprised by how much I myself upon reflection have fallen into the pattern matching pattern matching process right like because you know when i'm on the other side of the table for for years and i'm raising money and 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 someone's sitting there and i don't i don't fit into their box i'm like what's the matter with you what's why is your box so important you know like like (laughs) uh, (laughs) you don't understand anything that's my arrogant self. Um, and, and, and then, you know, as you, as, as, as you come over to the other side of the table, um, the, the, the breadth of the breadth of deals. And, and, and again, I'm a venture partner with Celtic house. I, I'm not a partner in their, in their, in their fourth fund. And I, you know, I can have a relatively open mandate. I, you know, I've done my four deals with them all in special purpose vehicle structure, uh, which is, has been great. Uh, actually, and I, uh, you know, I, 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 I plan to keep doing that, uh, but I, I have a lot of freedom, and I have freedom and mandate. Uh, you know, granted, I know my LPs, and I know my, my, what my LPs like, and 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 what they expect from me, and our or or our team, or our deals. Uh, but I have a lot of freedom. So the problem quickly becomes you know, the amount of of deal flow, and finding ways to make this process efficient becomes really hard really quick and so if you're if you're if you're trying to figure out everything and you're trying to figure out all the new models and you're trying to you're 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 trying to look at too much um you know you become an expert on nothing and and so not that i want to call myself necessarily on an expert on anything i pattern match but i do it and so I look for, you know, I look for, um, I look for as a starting point, I look, you know, I look for the patterns. Oh, well that, that, that worked well in my last deal. So I'm going to look for it. I'm going to look for it in the next one. And so there's some discipline in there to be, uh, to be open-minded and not, you know, not, 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 if you're totally locked into to your patterns, into uh, you know just following what made the last deal successful. Eventually, you're going to miss changes in the marketplace, and I, I think that's happened to lots of of, of investment funds historically. Uh, and and you can't you can't afford that. You've got to you got to you, you have to balance learning something new and thinking about new ways of looking at at, at companies and investments, and also try to make your you know your job of investing a little bit a little bit easier a little bit more manageable no that's great um last last question jonathan i know we're approaching our time i wanted to ask you um what have you been what have you uh, become better at saying no to over these years my kids is <laughs> that count sure uh, <laughs> Um, 
well, maybe because of pattern matching, just relating it to lack of, you know, I'm, 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 I'm faster to say, and, and, and this happened at, you know, in the last, last couple of years, um, I am, I'm faster to say no to, uh, you know, to an entrepreneur, um, if it's totally not a fit, uh, and, and, and even if it's just, you know, even if it's just not ready to be a fit, I'm, 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 I'm faster at doing that. I think okay. it, I think it, I think it benefits, I think it benefits everybody, uh, you know, early, early stage, um, you know, if, uh, it, and, and, and I see this through mentorship, it's easy for an entrepreneur to get excited about discussions that they're having. And most of them aren't going to be good discussions just based on a numbers game. That's, that's very, that's very detrimental on a, on a, on, on, on a number of levels. So I try to do it for them and then I do it at a necessity for, you know, for myself and my time. And I, but I do stress, you know, the ones where, uh, the ones where it is, um, the, uh, the ones where it's like, no, completely not a fit and never be a fit clear with that. But then you know, quite often it's, you know, no, no is not now. And, you know, keep in touch with me. Let's track your company. Let's build a relationship. The majority of investments seem to happen that way. Got it. Okay, cool. Jonathan, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And thank you to all of our listeners for subscribing to our podcast. Uh, stay tuned for another off the record episode. Jonathan, thanks again. Thanks, Ryan.